0: This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to Deluxe Edition Network.com. That's Deluxe Edition Network.com. Hold on to that. Welcome
1: back to the Shit Show
2: 2.0. Okay, Boomer.
1: Damn, Millennials. not know that even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill you want to be my wife
2: oh this is gonna go downhill real quick
0: what is going on and welcome to take on the world with
2: deb Doherty.
0: the mawpreb multi-award winning professional retired broadcaster
2: that's a mouthful
0: and me mike d uh So we have been a little light on content the last couple of weeks. Duly noted. Um, And that's because the Take on the World production crew, all of us together, traveled to Panama. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're not just going to talk about our trip to Panama. We are going to talk about the history of the Panama Canal and some other things about Panama. But we are also going to highlight our trip.
2: Absolutely, because we'd like to go back.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, a few years ago, we went to Costa Rica, visited Nicaragua, and uh, we really, really, really like Costa Rica. It's beautiful. Um, and, <laughs> and we also enjoyed Panama. Panama is very beautiful as well. Um, plus we have some family-ish down there. That's right. Um, and that's always nice to get the, uh, insider view of a place that we've never been before.
2: Definitely. And, and because we've talked about going away again to a tropical destination for a long time, we looked at a lot of different places and really we settled on Panama because we do have family there now. and. We wanted to get to meet them and it was just a fun time there's
0: some of the tropical destinations i'd still like to visit because um scuba diving uh but uh, a little hint into our trip uh Deborah, deborah scuba dive for the first time overcame or at least faced a little bit of a fear a couple fears so That was amazing. We have some video of that, and I'll be throwing some of the video clips in and some of the pictures in as we're going along.
2: Yeah, as long as I was able to uh, stay off the bottom of the ocean because I just sank like a rock.
0: Yeah, I think your weight was a little not right. I know my weight was not right, but that was my fault, not the the dive guide's fault. Um, Your weight not being right was his fault.
2: Well, it was the first time. I didn't know how to um, really communicate what was going on and what I was feeling because when we went down the first time, I have an issue. If, if I'm swimming in water beyond 10 feet, my ears popping and I can really sensitive to the pressure. And so when we went down the first time and I couldn't get my pressure to adjust you, I popped right back up. I'm like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this.
0: But which, you know, it, it wasn't the pressure for me, but my very first time, I freaked out because I'm claustrophobic and you're in the water and you're breathing through your mouth, which is unless you're a mouth breather, which is not a nice thing to say about somebody, uh, you're not used to it. Plus the goggles on and you feel a little bit enclosed. Uh, I, I did freak out and then my goggles were leaking and it was just, it was scary. Well, once I, we- yeah, I overcame that and so did you.
2: Once we went down and I, I figured out, okay, because I remembered what the instructor said, you know, if you feel the pressure and you can't release it, just come up a little bit until the pressure releases, then go back down again. And that, imagine that it works. He's yeah. a professional. He knows what he's doing. And when I adjusted to that idea, I was a little bit better. There was one point where I got really mad because I literally was dragging No i actually sorry nathan i actually was dragging on the bottom and i just got so mad and you know you're not supposed to use your hands and i'm just
0: well I just buoyancy is one of the things you need to work on as a diver period my buoyancy is horrible um sometimes i can depending on how full or empty my tank is sometimes i can control it better but the more empty my tank gets the more buoyant it becomes which really throws me off and it's something i need to work on as 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 a i would i'm still an amateur diver i've only got about 15 dives under my belt um and they've been stretched out over a few years so anyway but we got this my some housekeeping
2: go right ahead
0: um we are part of deluxe edition network uh deluxe edition network it's uh deluxe edition network.com stop by check it out uh check out all the other great podcasts i think um there are some great high quality professional podcasts on the network and uh if you enjoy uh pot listen to podcast or talk radio uh stop by and check some of them out there's if you like movies there's something for you. If you like history, there's something for you. If you like um, the true crime, there's something for you. If you like, uh, I think it's still considered true crime, uh, the broken system, uh, talking about um, I guess the crimes and how the system deals with them, blah, 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 blah. But uh, so while you're at the deluxe edition network.com, Check out the podcasts of the month with uh, which are Barrel Age Chicks and Deep Dark Secrets, a true crime podca- pod- podcast. Uh, Barrel Age Chicks, I love these ladies. They uh, cover movies from the feminine aspect. Um, they drink, they have fun. Uh, the Barrel Age Flicks guys get on with them sometimes. Um, they do. Um, Tasting Room episodes with Barrel Age flicks, but that's that's them, that's not them. So check out Barrel Age flicks. Um, again, I, I love watching movies, so I, I love listening to the different movie podcasts on the network. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Um, Deep Dark Secrets, they do true crime, and it's basically true crime based around death fetishers um, and the crimes they commit, the dirt bags that are into that crap and um the victims who have succumbed to that um genre Uh
2: i think on a lighter side one of the great things about the den is all the shows on there are available on multiple platforms so you know if you have a preference it's likely you'll find the podcasts there
0: yeah uh, barrel age chicks is spotify exclusive i think um Everybody else, it's pretty much every place you listen to a podcast. Uh, If you listen listen on Good Pods, if you listen on Spotify, if you listen on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, I think everybody's pretty much spread out all over those. I know we are. Anyway, Deluxe Edition Network, check it out. Great group of people. I love them. Uh, And I also want to mention that uh, we have partnered with uh, Copper John's, Beard company, and I got a uh, package today, uh, and they don't just do beard supplies, beard, but they they do beard butters, uh, beard wash, beard conditioner, but they also do uh, soaps. And as soon as I picked up the package, I could smell oh. the soap through the package. Yeah. And before I even opened, I said, here, smell this. It's good. And it's, it smelled really good. I have not tried the soap yet, but I I know that John has. And the first thing he'd said when he got his soap, the first day he used it, he goes, oh, this soap's great. <laughs> so I know everybody has their own favorites for beard care and um, for soaps and whatnot. But if you want to try something different and you want to save a couple bucks, uh, you go to... Uh, I'm going to have a commercial for it then. But when you go to their website, use TOTW10 to get a 10% discount. Uh, and while you're getting that discount, you're also supporting the show. So um, it's a win-win. Also, just just have it be known. I bought my beard butter. I bought my beard oil. And I bought my soaps. I
2: And the nice little tray.
0: I, oh, yeah, the nice little uh, uh, tray to put my soap on so it doesn't get all mushy. Um, so check them out and there'll be a commercial a little bit later for him. And so let's talk about Panama. Let's go. So, uh, maybe you want to run down what took us to Panama this time. What caused us to take this trip?
2: Um, my nephew, our nephew, married, Bubba. <laughs> married a lovely lady from Panama.
0: Shout out to Bubba
2: and Sophia
0: and Sophia and Vivian.
2: They had a baby um, Viviana.
0: last
2: November. Um, they live in North Carolina, so we had not yet been to see her. We wanted to let the whole family adjust. And Sophia had taken Viviana to Panama to meet her family. Um, she stayed for about a month, and before they left, we were talking. I said, "Well, would you mind my?" Our, our nephew Bubba was going down. Uh, her last week there to visit with her family as well. I said, well, would you mind if we crashed your vacation?
0: And no, of
2: course not. So we decided to go to Panama for a week.
0: So we got an all-inclusive resort down there. And um, for, I would say for singles or couples, great resort. Uh, If you have kids that are looking to be excited all the time, Uh, you might want to find someplace else to go. I think. But we were there. In the the off season.
2: It's the beginning of the rainy season. season. Um, We were there the uh, end of May.
0: So what was great about that is we didn't have to wait for any restaurants. We didn't have to wait at lunch. We didn't have to wait in line for anything. I know we went to Mexico. We had a pretty long wait the one night for our uh, restaurant. Um and sometimes you went to the coffee bar, you were waiting. Uh, they're definitely on Island time down there. <laughs> uh, if you've heard us talk about our visit to St. Croix or our visit to Saipan, uh, definitely Island time.
2: It's very laid back,
0: laid back. Just, they took their time. Nobody's stressing. And, uh, you know, there was no need for us to stress at all either. Cause you know, everything was kind of taken care of. And that's the cool thing about an all-inclusive, uh, and then uh, the kids and the baby came to the resort for a day. Got a day pass to the resort and hung out with us. And I got to swim with my little Viviana, <laughs> and I got to put her feet in the ocean for the first time. Absolutely. Which is I I don't know. It's a thing for me. I don't yeah. know why. I like. I I love dipping kids' feet in the ocean for the first time. I did it for both of our kids. I did it for Bubba. I think. Maybe. Uh, Chelsea, and. Viviana
2: and it was just beautiful country beautiful time um I I think even though as I said it was the beginning of their rainy rainy season we weren't rained out by any means uh, very much like Florida I think um, it rains a little bit every day at least yeah. while we were
0: there like 4 35 o'clock it would rain for a little bit and then it would stop and get sunny again mm-hmm. except we had one night that there was a pretty decent storm but it was that night while we were sleeping so it was no big deal woke up the next day everything was beautiful
2: um i think there there were there were side tours that i wish we would have done so one of the reasons why i'd like to go back um for us it was i think we always like to experience a place like a local yeah and um
0: which we got to do i, I think in spades when like we went to the uh the res- mall the restaurant mm-hmm. and, and we we'll walked that mall it was like fucking three miles long
2: it was like we were there for hours and saw a third of the mall it was three levels well and then the the grocery store was in the bottom level so i guess it was actually that was a different mall right but that one was still multi-level
0: that was two levels with the like a huge grocery store on the basement
2: one of the things i was amazed at is um the the traffic was like nothing we've seen and we have seen traffic in just about every major u.s oh, city i <laughs> but but when you were in the stores or in the mall like i don't know where all the people were they were all on the highways driving because they you never felt overcrowded or i I what did the tour guide tell us two-thirds of the country's population lives in or well, right I, around panama city yeah
0: he said uh six million people in the country of panama uh, three million of them live in the city of Panama City, and then uh, another I don't know, third, whatever, another quarter of those people live near the city and commute to the city for work. So, traffic like I've driven in Chicago, I've driven in LA, Atlanta,
2: Atlanta, DC, well, New DC York, is nothing compared
0: yeah. to that. DC was tame, Philly, Philly, New York, New York was. It's, it's, I still don't like New York, but, uh, I was going to rent a car when we went down there. So we get around and be more local. I am so glad I did not.
2: <laughs> you really have to know what you're doing. Yeah, you're You have to, you
0: scene. have to learn how to drive like 16 years old, get licensed and learn how to drive in that because it was crazy. Uh, Sophia's father picked us up and, and mother picked us up at the uh, airport and drove us to our resort,
2: which was about 19 miles from the airport and
0: it took about two and a half hours. <laughs>
2: God love them. Yeah. I I know our our niece had said, this is why people ask me why she didn't learn to drive until she moved here. She said, that's exactly why.
0: (laughs) I don't blame her. The motorcycles just zip through the cars on the the aprons. Uh, Every time I'd see one zip through, I would cringe because, you know, here you get squashed by a door or someone turning into you or, and I guess there are a lot of accidents down there, but we didn't see any.
2: No, and crime isn't really high. There was never a place we were that you felt unsafe.
0: No, even we drove through uh, the barrio, and uh, when we were on a, a, a private tour, and uh, like I, I don't think I would have felt uncomfortable getting out there mm-hmm. and walking around. Well, there, the little, the little, I would have been intrigued with the little sopas, the uh, little stores that they had yeah. along. uh just because some of them had food like you go by in the morning there was nothing there you come by in the afternoon and they're filled with all these either household goods or or food or whatever they're making and uh
2: so they've got to have something to do when they're sitting in two hours of standstill traffic
0: well it's definitely like like if you like street food i think you go down there and find some stuff that you really like i think john would like it because john really enjoyed street food and and Saipan. And we ever mentioned that we were in Saipan. Oh,
2: you were in Saipan?
0: Yeah. Twice? Yes. Yeah. I,
2: I do. I, because we talked about when we go back, do our kids want to go with us? And I would like to stay in the city. But because they've never been and they want a relaxing vacation, it's probably back to another all-inclusive. But I... I, I didn't
0: mind the all-inclusive. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. uh, I think staying in a city would be a different adventure. But... Uh, what we found was don't take the taxis, use the Ubers. Um, uh, particularly because the Uber app will, if it doesn't take as long as it thinks it's going to take them, they discount, like they, they won't charge you what they originally quoted you. So like one of our trips is supposed to be like $23 and that, that was because it was from the middle of the city back to our resort, which is really out of the way. It's not really far. It's just really out of the way and you're going through shitty traffic uh, certain times a day. And it was supposed to be like 23 bucks and I, I got a text that they had discounted it to 17 something. But we gave the driver a nice tip to make it worth his while because the first Uber that came up canceled the, the trip because he didn't want to drive out to the resort. So if you're at the resort trying to get an Uber or a taxi to go out, it's just cheaper and simpler to go to the resort and, and we, we could get a car for 25 bucks and they take us wherever we need to go. Yeah. So it was a basically a private taxi from the resort.
2: And you knew you were guaranteed a
0: ride. Yes. And they negotiate the price up front. Uh, so do the taxis, but the taxis will try to tell you, Oh no, no, it took, took too long. Yeah. You need to pay more. And and that's, that's from the locals down there. Tell us that, mm. but with Uber, you know, whatever the price is, you accept it. So both parties accept that price. And what I found out, because I've never really used Uber before, like we used it out in Colorado, but uh, we didn't care what it cost because Enterprise was paying for it.
2: Yeah, I used it in Philly once. But.
0: but so I didn't know they would refund me if it didn't take as long as they thought it would. So that was nice.
2: But one of the side trips we did, we got to um, Old Town.
0: Yes, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Which is
2: where we picked up um, some of our souvenirs here.
0: Very reminiscent of New Orleans with the architecture and, and whatnot.
2: Well, there is a, a French Spanish yeah. influence, um, so there are multiple tribes. I don't know if you have research on
0: that. I do not have research on the tribes. There's seven? We, yeah,
2: they did tell us, but there are multiple tribes, and each one is kind of known for their own craft. So the the needlework on on the bags they are mulas.
0: Yeah, and. I wanted a shark. I like sharks. and the best I get was a big blue it's fish. A shark. It's we'll called it a shark. But then every single person there was trying to give me a blue fish because I wanted a shark. Uh, the funny thing is when we walked up, uh, the old the older gentleman that was there spoke some English. Uh, the older woman who was there who actually did the and, and like the one lady pulled like i have this she pulled it out of her bag the needles were still in it so it's handmade like it's not like they're they're making something in a factory and selling to the tourists they hand make it and the money goes to the tribes and one of the trips we'd like to take when we go back you take a canoe out to w- one of these tribes and i don't know how authentic it is i i, I don't know if it's all played up but it would still be something that i would really like to do i think i'd have to lose a little bit of weight before i got in a little canoe like that but it it sounded like a lot of fun so uh the lady came up and she she said oh you're a big guy like like a luchador and she's holding up a a bag with two monkeys on it because i guess monkeys are indicative of strength down there and uh and the 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 guy laughed and he's telling me this and i said well I, i i wrestled for a very long time and he told her and she's like her face brightened up because like wrestling is a huge thing there i guess um i know every night when we went to the vip club uh <laughs> there was wrestling on yeah, there was. It, it was wwe wrestling but still they they had wrestling on the tv and it was an espn channel down there that like it would play wrestling for 20 minutes and then it would go to uh football for 20 minutes not our football their football <laughs> um so that was pretty cool and then we wanted to get something for my son so another tribe makes these masks or hats or i think they're i don't know what they're masks um and because my little nathan when he was a little baby i started calling him monkey so we got him a monkey mask and uh let me see if i can grab my skull here And then I saw I saw this, and I had to get it because this is a hand carved skull. Don't know what kind of wood it is. The wood is very light. Um, maybe it's driftwood. I don't know, but it's it's carved out of a single piece. It's it's not hollow, but it's very very light wood. And I just I like skulls, so I got me a skull, and that'll be on these shelves here after uh, this episode.
2: We also picked up. Don't have it now because she already took it. But um, sloth.
0: Sloth, yeah, which
2: we did get to see. We did absolutely,
0: wild. and that was oh, another yeah. cool thing about the resort we at. Like every everybody worked there was while their English there was a language barrier. A lot of times they would just smile and shake their head. Hola, hola. But
2: their English was a hundred times better than our Spanish.
0: Yes, and I I, I freaking used Duolingo for uh, it was like sixty days straight before we went, and we got down and I couldn't remember anything. But uh, one of the guys at the resort came over and, and he's like calling me over. And he takes me over and he shows me there's a baby sloth in a tree and then a mama sloth someplace and another sloth. And, you know, they were up there pretty high. So they were hiding pretty good. And I'll, I'll throw the pictures up here. Uh, but he actually said, Let me have your camera. And he climbed the tree and got this. Excellent picture of the baby sloth just laying on its back, hanging out. Uh, and I was in Central America twice and didn't see a fucking monkey.
2: <laughs> we saw lots of iguana.
0: Lots of fuck the iguanas. I want a monkey. I want to see a one monkey.
2: coming out the drain.
0: <sighs> like when we were in Costa Rica, you could hear them laughing at me in the woods, and they wouldn't show themselves. It's like deer around here. As soon as deer season comes up, all I hear is them laughing at me from a distance,
2: like sharks in the ocean.
0: No shark. I have a picture. I've I've almost touched a shark in the ocean.
2: Well, I didn't, thankfully.
0: Um, so the resort and the employees there were were Fabulous. excellent. Um, and I hope some of them are still there when we go back because uh, our favorite bartender, two of them, Dennis and not Victor. What was what it?
2: You were calling him Victor.
0: I, I, he looked like a Victor. I don't know anyway, what was his name? I can't think mm, that put sucks. Me on the spot, but, uh, they were the two VIP, uh, bartenders, uh, Dennis made <laughs> one of the best, uh, old fashions <laughs> that I've had and, and we, they make it different.
2: Yeah. We learned a new technique, so we'll have to try it. I didn't. Think uh, it they,
0: they put the sugar and the bitters in the bottom and, and, and stirred, and muddle that and they scrape it along the whole inside of the, the glass. And then they pour the the drink in and it just, if you stir it up, everything just comes through really nice. It was great, great old fashioned. Loved it. And dried
2: fruit. We're going into dried fruit.
0: This is a great old fashioned right here that somebody made for me with love. So.
2: It's not Victor's, but it'll do.
0: Yeah. And Marie. Marie Marie, uh, was the concierge who greeted us when we came in with our two flutes of champagne. <laughs> um, took
2: care of us while we were there.
0: Yeah. And then she went on vacation, our mid-vacation, to Venezuela. Colombia.
2: Oh, Colombia.
0: She went to Colombia. And I said, Well, let them pamper you while you're down there. She was
2: from Venezuela.
0: Yeah, she's from Venezuela. Went to Colombia. So uh
2: we had a great time. Like, Absolutely. Can't wait to go back.
0: So the one thing that sparked this topic for me, not just the vacation, but uh the Panama Canal. And everybody's uh, almost everybody has seen the Panama canal in operation. It's some kind of video. It's been referenced. You've seen it in movies, but, and I, then I thought like, uh, ah, we'll go to the Panama canal, whatever. whatever. Good time.
2: I mean, it, that's your jam,
0: dude. Like I, I was interested, but like, okay, we'll see a ship go through the lock. Um, uh, my buddy Rob told me about, uh, when he was in a the Navy, they had to tow a submarine through the canal and on the ship that he was on so he got to go through it towing a submarine uh and i wonder how that works because there's we'll, we'll get to something in our research uh and what we learned down there how does that work
2: i don't know i, I couldn't even imagine because it's not really that deep
0: no, no 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 the captain oh how does that work for a military vessel uh. that's anyway you'll understand in a few minutes um so we're going to do the history of the Panama Canal, a little bit of Panamanian history, uh, pertaining to some of the feelings towards Americans there. Uh, I will say, a hundred percent, we felt welcomed the whole time we were there. Definitely. Although there there are some harbored harsh feelings towards Americans there, and I would say for pretty damn good reason.
2: Well, you saw it in some of the graffiti in yes. certain areas, but no one. Well, no the graffiti were like more us.
0: monumental than yeah uh although the one in the barrio was like that was that was pretty
2: yeah. straightforward yeah
0: that, that was the feelings were well known on that one yeah. uh so we're gonna take a break here and we'll be right back and when we come back we are going to dive head first into the panama canal <laughs>
1: Host Dave Houghton and Sarah Ray Pally, as they examine the less glamorous side of sports with their podcast, In a Pickle. Follow IAP Radio on social media by going to IAPRadio.com. In a Pickle is now part of the Den Network. For more information, go to IAPRadio.com. Bev's Video Kingdom because the movies won't talk about themselves. So Andy crawls through this river of shit, he comes out, visits a dozen banks, and no one's like, I'm a little concerned about the guy in the suit. Right. It smells like shit. You mean, you, mean, you mean the guy that literally washed himself in a river full of shit and it's supposed to sound, smell good? Dude, that's completely the mall rat's stink palm, which takes like three or four days to wash off.
2: Oh, last time I scratched my ass, it smelled like
1: Bigfoot's dick for a week. <laughs> Bev's Video Kingdom. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Uh, we're here to talk about Copper John's Beard Company. I bought some of this stuff, and I, I love it. Uh, everybody has their favorite beard care products, but if you want to save a few bucks, use TOTW10 uh, at checkout, or use the quick link below, and buy some of this great stuff. Like, Look at that beautifully tamed bare mane. So soft. And, you know, my beard,
2: if you want to call it that, it's more like pubes on my face. See, He doesn't use it. Um,
0: do. <clears throat> it gets wiry. So if I can just tame that a little bit, put more copper johns on there, and it's perfect. And even though I have thick hair, when I put it on, my hair is nice and soft. Yes. Soft. Did you want to touch it, Johnny? Go ahead. Go, ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. Um, we're going to just dive right into the Panama Canal
2: dive right
0: in dive right in so um one of the things you mentioned while we're were is panama and isthmus
2: oh someone asked me well is that an island no it's not an island it's an It's an isthmus isthmus
0: uh so the idea of a canal across the isthmus of panama dates back several centuries and that took me by surprise that uh that idea has been back as early as the 16th century. Uh, so they, they wanted to connect the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans through a waterway in the region. Um, now it's the Atlantic Ocean, but it's the Caribbean, Caribbean Sea.
2: Yeah.
0: Which I found out something from watching another video, and I wish I could name remember the name of the sea, but it's right off the coast of the United States. There is a sea in the Atlantic Ocean most seas are surrounded by shoreline the Mediterranean, the other ones, the Dead Sea, the Black Sea, right. the Red Sea, all coastline and then connected to an ocean. Okay. This sea is the only sea in the world that has no coastline on it. Hmm. It is completely surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean and the currents going one way and the currents coming another way is what creates very still water in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I did not know that. Uh, part of it goes through where the Bermuda Triangle is. So it's, uh, off central Mm -hmm. Eastern U S down to, uh, Florida, but it's, it's international waters. It's But there is an international, and there's some species of animals, marine animals, that only live there, no place else in the world. Including the uh, uh, snapping shrimp. The ones whose snap is decibels beyond what uh, uh, a bomb going off is.
2: I've never even heard that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cool little shrimp. Gotta look it up.
2: I don't have my phone down here.
0: Anyway. first sidetrack uh and
2: it wasn't me and it's not john
0: no no i do it all the time too uh before the construction of the panama canal ships had to take a much longer route to travel between the atlantic and pacific oceans they had to sail around the southern tip of south africa known as cape horn the route added significant distance and time to the voyage voyages as well as dangers yeah um Distance around Cape Horn varies depends on varies depending on the route and the size of the vessel. Some vessels can get closer to shore; some cannot. There is some straits down there that uh, it's very tre- treacherous. On average, ships had to uh, travel approximately eight thousand nautical miles to circumnavigate Cape Horn, navig- navigating through treacherous waters of the Drake Passage. Now I am pretty sure the drake passage has something to do with the dreaded pirate drake.
2: <laughs> Roberts?
0: Huh? Not dreaded no pirate Roberts. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, drake, there's a pirate named Drake. Okay. Uh and piracy was huge down there. Uh and uh, uh most people know that uh most pirates were employed by the british government so and they were meant to be only attacking french ships ships and they were considered privateers mm-hmm. uh and then britain would get pissed off when one of them turn around and, and go after a british ship
2: right they'd be licensed essentially or licensed privateer,
0: contracted the east india trading company um so that's a long way out of your way definitely and there's really there was really no other way to do it uh the voyage around cape horn was challenging and often hazardous facing strong winds rough seas iceberg and other dangers in particular difficult for sailing vessels of the era before steam power became more prevalent so you get these strong winds if it blows the wrong way it's slowing your ship or setting it backwards. Uh, The construction of the Panama Canal shortened the distance between the two oceans and eliminated the need for ships to sail around the Cape Horn. Uh, The canal created a direct waterway allowing vessels to pass through the isthmus of Panama, reducing the journey by thousands of miles and uh, up to three or four weeks in modern vessels.
2: Right. So, uh, all your uh, wish.com, your, your Tumu, whatever the fuck it is, you know, that's they're all coming through there. We saw them lined yeah. up. Wait,
0: well, that was the cool thing about the, the resort where you could look out and you could see the ships lined up waiting to come in the canal.
2: And they'd be there all day. But the next morning, there'd be a whole line of different looking ships.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the earliest recorded mentions of a particular. Potential Panama Canal comes from the Spanish conquistador Vasco Núñez de Balboa, uh, and uh, Balboa has a very special place in Panama uh, because their currency are balboas. Mm-hmm. Um, there is mentions of Balboa every place in Panama. In 1513, he became the first European to lead an expedition across the isthmus. Balboa envisioned the possibility of creating a passage for ships to ease trade and transportation between the two oceans. And as I said, Balboa is the official currency of Panama. However, while they have their own currency, they use the U S dollar. So if you go, to the, the mall, the 99 cent store. Uh, what was it? 99, super 99 or whatever. Uh, which I thought would be like a dollar store here. No, it was a, like, this is a little itty bitty storefront. Mm-hmm. You walk in and it's a huge, almost department store. Yeah. Like uh, a Walmart. Like right? a Walmart, yeah. You could buy oil, you could buy clothing, you could buy food. Yeah. Uh, So when you... Pay for your stuff there. Some of your change is going to come in the form of Balboas. And I specifically asked for them because every place we go, I try to get currency from there. And, of course,
2: now we know, don't know where we put
0: them. Yeah. There's some place.
2: They uh, came home.
0: I brought some back for Johnny to give to his daughter. Um, okay.
2: So the idea gained further oh, prominence in the uh, 16th and 17th century as europeans explored trade routes and were looking for shortcuts for their maritime activities
0: yes so several proposals were put forward uh, including a plan by english engineer
2: oh sir francis drake sir
0: francis drake (laughs) who was involved not the dreaded pirate drake (laughs) no
2: he was involved with queen elizabeth
0: in the late 16th century however challenging terrain tropical disease political complications hindered any significant progress
2: and that was true for a very long time
0: yes yes in fact well we're going to get there but uh to uh spoil the uh surprise uh Panama was not the first place they wanted to put the canal uh I mean in modern times back then it seemed like the ideal place because the the distance across land um but there was another place in central america that was proposed and supported by even then the president of the united states to put the canal through so um uh, in 19th the 19th century advancements in technology such as steam powered ships railway systems made construction of the canal more feasible in 1881, the French Panama Canal Company, led by Ferdinand de Lessep, uh, initiated the first major attempt to at building the canal. Um, and I, not to make a white flag joke, but uh, they threw in a white flag. <laughs> they, they failed, and they failed due to several very challenging reasons at the time, because
2: but they did do a lot of work. It's not like they just came and said, no, we can't do. they they
0: oh no, they were they a were lot of time and they were putting a lot of time and effort into it, but uh, the terrain and geography prevented pre- presented an almost insurmountable challenge. Dense forests, mountains, and the soil that they would dig up was very prone to landslides. in fact, when we get forward to when the Americans were building it, the amount of material moved was nearly tripled because of the Mm landslides. Construction costs were significantly underestimated and the company was relying heavily on public investment and loans. And Panama at the time was not a wealthy country. Mm -hmm. And it was not even owned by Panama then. Like it wasn't independent. Uh, Along with mismanagement and corruption, go figure, corrupt French, uh further ex- yeah, we don't have that here nope no 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 corruption here uh exacerbated mm-hmm. financial strain, and that is a problem no matter where you go yeah if there's large sums of money being divvied out by a government agency there's going to be corruption of people trying to get their hands on that money because people are greedy uh one of the biggest reasons they failed was disease outbreaks malaria and yellow fever plagued not only the french workers but the local workers Uh, they did not know it was a mosquito borne illness, but it claimed thousands of lives and incapacitated, incapacitated many of the workers. Uh, the French plan did not have locks in it.
2: See, I did not know that
0: they planned on just digging, digging through the country at sea level and connecting both oceans.
2: I don't even know if you could do that now. Sure. Sure. You could. Yeah. dig the hole deeper
0: uh what the problem was is when you get to the when we drove to cologne there are some pretty high hills there Mm -hmm. and uh at some points you're a couple hundred feet above sea level nearly a thousand feet above sea level and you have to dig through all that mountain and rock
2: i know look at the frackville grade
0: (laughs) Uh, at the time, oh, heavy rainfalls during the rainy season made it near impossible due to landslides. There's a lot of political unrest at the time. Panama was under the jurisdiction of the Colombian government, and it was difficult to negotiate any agreements with them. Even when the Americans got involved, it was very difficult. Uh, in 1889, the French project collapsed. So about eight years. Yeah,
2: I mean, they put. They, I can't imagine the time money and manpower lives oh yeah that were put into that
0: um although the project ultimately failed it set the stage for subsequent successful construction of the panama canal by the united states so enter the united states of america and that's you know that was another thing we were down there you know you're in central and south america you can't say you're american
2: like they're they'll, american
0: know, too. they'll know what you mean but it's offensive because they're american too they're central america
2: so i noticed when they asked where you were from they didn't really even want to hear the united states they nope. wanted to hear we're from pennsylvania
0: yes which is if you're if you're walking around the mall that's a sales tactic they try to get to they they try to they ask you where you're from where are you from because how many stores people standing up front of the store trying to get us to come in or the kiosk oh where are you from
2: just like here same thing
0: my mama uh and i i would say pennsylvania usa i i i think i said american america like once and then i realized you know what
2: it's offensive
0: it's offensive and i'm like I'm not going someplace to try to be offensive. Sometimes I'm unintentionally offensive. Infe- Sometimes I am intentionally offensive.
2: Not when we're on vacation, typically. <laughs> but not
0: when we're on vacation. I'm there to relax. I'm not trying to stir up controversy. So I would say USA. I say, and then I would say Pennsylvania, US. So, um,
2: or Yingling beer because they knew Yingling beer. What the like?
0: oh, we go to that supermarket, and I like every place we go. I want to try a micro, a local brewery. Uh I like the craft brews. So you could drink the local beer down there, which was one was Balboa, one was Atlas, and one was water. They were all piss water. I didn't like them. I didn't they, they were
2: But we did have you did have some craft beers that you liked.
0: But uh they call they don't call them craft beers. No, they call them artisanal beers. So um artisanal breweries. So uh when we were at the one spot, they had the uh, artisanal beer from the very first brewery, microbrewery in Central America. And so I got two of each, uh, tried one of each while we were there, brought one of each home. I still have them upstairs. Um, i would like, John, to try them. Uh, and I, I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. I, they, they were very indicative of what we have here as craft, craft beers. Um, but like I can say, I tried the first artisanal beer from Central America. So we went to the supermarket with, with Bubba with the kids and, and, um, uh, what was her mom's name? Carmen. Carmen. And, uh, we, and Carmen was into, she was going to try whatever, uh, Bubba got for her and, um, and for her father. And I'm looking at these beers and I'm seeing like six or seven different brand names of artisanal Panamanian made mm-hmm. craft beer
2: and beers from other countries too.
0: And then I look and I see Yingling Hershey Porter. <laughs> I see, uh, black and tan. And what was the other one?
2: I don't know. You have a picture of it.
0: Somewhere. Yeah, I have a I'll put the picture for here. Um, i was freaking dumbfounded that yingling made it to panama
2: and they loved it
0: yeah uh carmen uh she made a point of letting us know that she really liked the hershey porter so uh let's see french failure unfriendly attitude of the colombian government which go figure imagine so in fact the first option of building a canal was through Nicaragua, which we learned on our trip to Nicaragua. We were actually on, on the lake that they were going to make the canal through. So Nick Lake Nicaragua is the largest lake in central America. And it was the proposed location and it was supported by many people, including, uh, I think FDR.
2: Well, and there's still talk of putting another canal.
0: Yes. Yeah. There, there is a canal. Which is a little Debbie jump ahead. Sorry. This way. There is a canal commission that was formed with a Chinese company to put a a canal through Nicaragua. I think that would be a mistake because when we were there, we got to do that tour because there was no political unrest. Right after we left, within three or four months, there was political unrest again. You couldn't take the same tour we did. We, We you couldn't travel through there
2: and i think that's that's the huge difference when when we went to costa rica they told us at that time and that's going back a few years well if you like it here you have to do panama you have to do panama go to panama city it's beautiful it's this. and one of the reasons is because of the stability of the government now that wasn't always true and it's it's what impedes nicaragua from being a success story like costa rica or panama it's that political unrest they have
0: a dictator and uh panama did until
2: well we know they're having elections next year
0: yes oh we found that in um saint croix as well like the, the you don't talk politics with anybody there we didn't it didn't come up in panama but in Saint Croix did.
2: Well, you saw all the um the signs yeah. and and just the same that you do here when you know there's an election.
0: And I'll tell you what, I think the Panamanian people think the same thing about elections that we do. He was like our our dive guide was like, oh, not again." Like they go through this uh oh, time.
2: But they elect everyone at once, right? Is that? I don't know. That was the impression I got that I don't think they're bicameral.
0: Well, I have to look. It into could it. it could be like Israel, where they Maybe. they there could be a coalition government.
2: I have to look into it more. But anyway, we digress.
0: Anyway, so they, there was a, a Hay, Herring Treaty, uh, in the early 20th century with um, Colombia. Um, the United States became interested in constructing a canal across the isthmus to facilitate global trade and military mobility. United States initially sought to negotiate the agreement with Colombia, uh, which controlled the territory at the time, but faced difficulties reaching a satisfactory treaty. They eventually did. And then, uh, Panamanian independence in 1903, uh, encouraged the pan, uh, the United States and a group of pan- Panamanian nationalists, uh, to, uh, they sought independence from Colombia. United States supported Panama's bid for independence and provided naval assistance to ensure the success of the Panamanian Revolution. So they started negotiating this treaty with Colombia. Uh, Panama got its independence, and then United States quickly, while they were in good favor because of helping them, negotiated the treaty with Panama. Uh, so Panama signed the Hay Banu Verilla Treaty with the United States in 1903. This treaty granted United States control over the canal zone in Panama in perpetuity and gave the U.S. broad authority to construct, operate, and administer the canal. Now, this is important. So the canal zone becomes an issue in another problem later on uh the eventually after this treaty the people who lived in the canal zone were considered zonies and they rarely left the canal zone into panama itself um they were very proud to be zonies um and part of the united states uh, now I don't know when that became a thing, maybe not as early as 1903, but uh, certainly by the 30s or 40s, it, it was definitely a, a thing. So in 1904, the United States officially took over the Panama construction. Um, now that the treaty was in place, they had to they had to address the biggest problem they had, which was Mosquito. what they didn't know at the time was mosquito-borne diseases, uh, and 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 yellow fever and, and malaria
2: well and we learned that down there that that was when the u.s came in that was the first thing they did yes they got the mosquito issue under control
0: so if you do the panama canal tour if you ever go there uh it's worth it to see the movie now when we bought when we paid for our private tour this guy was taking us to the panama canal to the mo- the movie that goes along with an, uh, an imax movie and and then several other places um just to see historical st- stuff down there but if you go and you're not an all-inclusive resort that we were and you don't have an opportunity to do that tour uh or vip is the way we were uh definitely pay for the movie oh, I, yeah. I don't know what it costs I, I honestly don't because it came with our our tour um the movie is very good yes it's very well done it's in 3d and it's narrated by Get busy living, get busy dying. Get busy living, get busy dying. Morgan Freeman.
2: Yeah, it's really good, though. It's very informative.
0: So there was a Dr. William C. Gorgas, American physician, and he played a pivotal role in the mosquito eradication. He he figured out that mosquitoes were the ones carrying, the mosquito bites were causing malaria and yellow fever. Uh, he implemented a com- comprehensive measure to combat the mosquitoes and the disease, disease that were that came along with him. Uh, his efforts, uh, what they would do is they would spray the breeding grounds, mm-hmm. uh, killing the mosquito, mosquito larvae, uh, draining swamps so there was no standing water. Uh, they'd fumigate buildings implement hygiene and sanitation practices all these things reduced to mosquito habitat uh, uh screens and windows nets to protect you from the mosquitoes now i don't know that we got mosquito bit down there but we certainly did get no see bit no seeums uh so with all those successful things that he did it enabled him to to restart construction uh, now, basically, the French still owned like all the equipment, and uh, I think some of the land that had to go with it. Uh, let's see, the American, where is it? I'm I, because I don't have it in here. They had to purchase the rights basically from the French. Okay, and. Um, uh, the, the, the French wanted like $10 million or something, some ridiculous white flag amount. And uh, the, United, well, the United States said, look, we'll give you five bucks. No, it was more than that. But they, they, they got it at a discount because a lot of the infrastructure was in disrepair. A lot of the, like the buildings, there's like 2,000 buildings that took over. Many of them you couldn't even live in. The Panamanian Railway was in major decay. Uh, there was a lot of equipment that was in bad need of service, uh, and, and a lot of it was serviceable, but a lot of it wasn't.
2: Well, when you think about it, so the French left in 1889, and now you're in 1904, so all that stuff probably just sat
0: there, yeah. Um, so uh, of course, Washington, DC gets involved in ship and there's red tape. So the red tape was a huge obstacle. Uh, Troubles on the ground held up uh, starting construction. Uh, Sanitation in Panama and Cologne was an issue. Uh, Labor force issues. Uh, There was no good railway or usable railway to move uh, materials. Uh, And they didn't know where they were going to put all this material when they were done with it. Like when you dig all this, this material out, where are you going with it? You're talking about what 40 miles worth of material for, you know, and at still at the time it wasn't a, well, the U S decided they were going to do locks. They weren't going to do sea level. Uh, They felt there was too many problems with that. So they they were going to do locks, but even so, um, one of the, the biggest challenges was, uh, the Continental Divide, which rose 360 feet above sea level at its highest point. Now, there were other points that were higher, but I think that was a challenge because it was a, a fault line. Uh, So cutting through the the rock there was like a huge deal. So they used in the construction of this canal 60 million pounds of dynamite. And as many as 160 trains per day that moved the rock. And, and I think that was just cutting through the continental divide.
2: Wow. Well, and they used that debris yes. to.
0: Parts of parts of the, the current pan, like the Panama city back then was a, a much smaller city. Now it's huge. And if you look at it, when when we're driving through, I I commented on this to uh, uh, her father. Um, It seems like three separate cities in close proximity because you'd have an area and then it it would dwindle down. Then you'd have an area of high rises. It would dwindle down. And in the distance, you could see an area of high rises. So it, it looked very much like three separate cities, which is basically what it was. As they were removing this material, they needed some place to dump it, so they would dump it on the coastline, and they would expand the the base of the city uh and at at one point there's this uh causeway that goes out for a recreation area tourist area, and that whole thing was material from the Panama Canal,
2: so they reused it
0: yeah and, and they basically made the country larger <laughs> uh so A total of nearly 100 million cubic yards of material were moved, uh, which included 23 million extra material because of landslides. That's like a third of what they moved, almost, was because there was landslides. They had to move it again. Yeah. (laughs) Two artificial lakes were planned as part of the canal.
2: And I did not know that. Like I just assumed they used seawater.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's another thing. There, there's no seawater in the canals. No, I didn't realize. it's all fresh water.
2: Which can create a problem when it's dry and it's been dry there. Right. Well the because it's also the water supply.
0: The one lake is only used for the canal. The other lake is used for the canal and fresh water for Panama City. Uh, There were four dams constructed to facilitate this lake. Uh, Ganton Lake was expanded to facilitate the ship's transit from the Pacific to the Caribbean. So that's the Cologne side. That's where we went scuba diving. Mm -hmm. Pacific side locks were completed first in 1911. They were followed by the Miraflores in 1913 so another two years the atlantic side was finished on january 7th 1914 uh, and that he had told us about that they, they say about the, sh- the first ship to go through mm-hmm. but there was a ship that went through before that okay so the alexandre la Vallee was a french crane boat became the first trip to make the complete transit of the panama canal under its own steam after working its way across during the final stages of the construction now oh, it wasn't so officially it wasn't officially open, it wasn't officially gotcha. open. Gotcha. so the, the first official uh boat comes later but this one started on one side and as the construction visit, gotcha. finished it made it to the other side so it That's wasn't a transit in one day it was over time maybe three years but it was the first ship to make it all the way across On April 1st, 1914, Isthmann Canal Commission was disbanded, and the zone was governed by Canal Zone governor. The first governor was George Washington Geothal. Geothal. Gothias? Gothal. Gothal. Pronunciation. I'm glad this isn't uh, a parallelage flicks. I've been doing a shot right now. I've been saying it wrong three times.
2: You'd happily do a shot
0: okay get me one <laughs> uh there was a large celebration that was planned for the official opening however the outbreak of world war one forced him to downgrade it to a modest local affair so the pan the panamanian railway steamship ss ancon piloted by john captain john constantine, constantine. john Constantine. Hmm. he's been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, he was the canal's first pilot, made the first official transit on August 15th, 1914. So I don't know if I mentioned this, but we could talk about it now. And this is why I mentioned the...
2: I did not know this.
0: I didn't know this either. So bef- once you enter the canal area, which is the harbor outside the canal, the captain of that boat relinquish, relinquishes command to a Panamanian canal captain. Or
2: pilot, they call them.
0: And he takes the boat through the canal. No ship goes through piloted by their own captain. So that is why I asked what they do with the military ships. Because you
2: have to ask Rob.
0: You're not going to give over command of a military ship to a civilian.
2: I would hope not.
0: I guess if no ships do, they they don't have a choice.
2: More anyway, research, you'll have to research.
0: Uh, which I didn't think of till after. Like I didn't think of that question no. until after V reminded me that Rob had gone through with uh, tugging a, a submarine through. And then when I told Rob we were in Panama, he, oh yeah, I remember I went through the Panama Canal tugging a submarine <laughs> all by yourself, Rob. <laughs> really? Of course. Um. So. They take over, they take it all the way through the canal, then they give uh, command back to the other ship to the boat captain. And I guess they make the journey the opposite direction with another ship because the transit from one end to the other takes eight to 10 hours. It'd be a 16 hour day. Ugh. Or he sleeps there overnight, comes back the next day.
2: Yeah, he's got to have a 10 hour reset.
0: Or he could drive back before he traversed the canal. Um, there were no international dignitaries in attendance when the, the ship went through. Um, since the completion of the original locks, uh, the U S largest battleships had issues getting through the locks. And I remember listening to this on uh one of the world war II YouTube channels that I listened to one of the history channels. Uh, some of the largest battleships had inches to spare on all four sides
2: well some of the modern cargo ships oh yeah same way they had to am i jumping ahead again
0: no no good okay
2: they they also recently more recently just completed an
0: experiment now you jumped ahead okay (laughs) so yeah like um these you could see there wasn't like even that that one ship done with that what wasn't there, it no, that wasn't was, a huge ship yeah,
2: but there wasn't much space.
0: but and so there was head to tail uh bow to stern room but side to side there was not much it, it was like six ten feet
2: yeah. if
0: um, so they were going to build three new locks in 1936 uh, after considerable material was excavated, the project was abandoned. Um, probably because you had to this ramping up of the Second World War. Um, I, I don't know exactly why. Uh, in 2006, the Panama Canal Authority proposed creating a third lane of locks using part of the abandoned, abandoned 1940 project. Uh, Work began in 2007 and the cost was $5.25 billion.
2: But that was put forth by the the Panamanian government at that time because. Not all of it. But in this, well, you didn't talk about. Oh, I'm not jumping ahead. Go ahead. Keep going.
0: <sighs> so, um, just a little bit of how the, the canal operates. I, I'm going to put a little video up on the side here. There it
1: goes. No, no,
0: canal door lock opening it
2: was cool it was it was
0: cool. cool as shit and watching the water drain from one lock to another with the use of no pumps yeah no pumps there are no pumps in the Panama Canal it's all gravity fed so what they do is you have a lock side by side you have one going one direction one going the other direction so there's a ship In the high lock and the ship in the low lock here. And that ship will like this ship goes on as it drain at that water drains out, it drains into this lock. And the ship drops down and goes this way. Now this ship has to come up to that level. So first it will drain from the lock next to it. So, as that water's draining into that lock, it's also lifting this ship, and when it gets about halfway, the water from the lock in front of it, where the ship was that's going the same direction, that water feeds over until they're level and it's all through just a system of pipelines and uh uh valves that's it i and and I didn't know that, and I found that. That type of engineering, freaking amazing. Uh, and it takes about, I think it was a minute and 12 seconds for the, the lock door to open. Isn't long. It takes about, I think it was five minutes to fill a lock.
2: Well, now the old locks open like this.
0: Yes. The new locks yeah, the, open like this. The, uh, the newer, the new stuff that was built in 2007, the, the locks slide. Where the old locks stay open like this. Um, And the locks that slide, I think they said they're.
2: They came from Italy. I remember that.
0: I think they said they were 30 stories high.
2: The old locks. The old locks were 16 stories high. They came from Pittsburgh.
0: The old locks, all the steel. And they built the locks in Pittsburgh and sent them to Panama. Again, not an easy transit. (laughs) Um, so just watching it operate was was freaking amazing. Um, then we went and watched the movie and 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 we bounced and we saw some other stuff. So when we were driving into the downtown area to go to Old Town,
2: I guess through what was the canal zone.
0: The canal yeah, we went through the canal zone and then we went through the barrio and you could see on one of the walls uh referencing Martyr's Day. Um so this is why there are still some harsh feelings for United States in Panama. All right, Martyr's Day was January 9th, 1964. And it doesn't mean a whole lot right now, but it, it will in a few minutes. Uh, it's a, Pan- a Panamanian day of national mourning for July 9th, 1964, or Ju- January 9th, 1964, anti-American riots. It's also known as the flag incident or flag protests. Um, and I'm going to give, we're, this is a very simplified version. Um, not taking one side over another because I think there was bad actors on both sides. Um, so what had happened was in 1963, Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, um, made an agreement with Panama that any place in the canal zone that the American flag was flown with the exception of a military, any military site, any non-military site where they would fly the American flag. They would also fly the Panama flag. And um, so then Kennedy was assassinated before the order was carried out. (coughs) Uh, A month after the assassination, canal zone governor, Robert Fleming, issued a decree limiting Kennedy's order, which caused some harsh feelings, not only on the Panamanian side, also on the Canal Zone side. The U.S. flag would no longer be flown outside schools or post offices or police stations or other civil locations where it had been flown, civilian locations where it had been flown, but neither would the Panamanian flag, because if the American flag wasn't up, the Panamanian flag wasn't up. So At the time, uh, the Canal Zone was considered U.S. territory because that uh, treaty was in perpetuity, which means forever. Not jumping
2: ahead
0: to the 70s. No. No, You can. We will. Because it's because of this incident that that happens. Right. It'll be right after this. I'll let you talk about it. Uh those who lived there were known as zonians almost never left the zone into Panama itself. Very proud to be zonians. Uh, as a result of the order, zonians began to fly the U S flag anywhere they could. Like they were proud to be American. They were proud to be from Panama. Um, so the, the flag was raised at, uh, the Balboa high school. It was a school inside the canal zone. A public school. A public school. So the school officials took the flag down. There were student walkouts and protests, and they put another American flag up and posted guards to prevent its removal. So just across a fence line is Panama. And these Panamanian students, hey, hold it. They They got the fucking American flag up. The Panama flag is going up too. Now... I know our tour guide told us it was on a military base, which maybe technically is true. Cause a lot of those buildings were military were old military barracks and stuff, yeah. but this was a civilian public school, which is the only thing I'll dispute about what he said.
2: No. And we don't live there. So we have no idea. Right. And it's not 1964.
0: Anymore. No. And a very different time. So, uh,
2: you always have to view history through the lens of what was going on at that time.
0: Right, because he also said that uh, the thing happened because of military soldiers, and that's not not what I found in my research. Now, everybody also tells their story through their lens.
2: And it's a distinction.
0: Yes. So uh, the Panamanians saw this flag up. A 17-year-old, Gilmero Guevara Paz, Cross the street with a bunch of other students behind him into the Canal Zone to raise the Panamanian flag next to the American flag. They also brought a sign proclaiming their sovereignty over the U.S. Canal.
2: But they're teenagers. Yes. They're not... They're, these are kids. Right.
0: The kids don't think things through. Uh, the problem was the, the flag that they brought was a panamanian flag that was historic to panama it was i think a flag that was thrown flown during the independence fight so it was a very old flag kind of silkish Uh, at some point there are differing views on how it happened this flag got torn uh and an uprising started as a result, seven of these students were killed. Uh, Whether it be by military personnel, whether it be by civilian police, I don't care how it happened. It's, it should have never happened. Um, So throughout Panama city, American businesses were burned to the ground. They didn't care if the, the business owned the building. They were just burning American buildings. The final death toll of all this crap was 28 people. There are conflicting stories about exactly what happened. One thing for sure, the Panamanian people strongly remember the first seven students that were killed. And you could see that in uh, graffiti, memorials, and murals all throughout the city. Uh, It was was tragic all around. Definitely. I don't care who you are. So now jump forward to 1977. Deborah.
2: Jimmy Carter handed over uh, control of the canal zone to uh, Panama, which was quite controversial here at the time.
0: It was. It was very, uh, I, I sort of remember this.
2: Well, I mean, because you know, I'm slightly older than you. Oh,
0: well, you're much older. Yeah. So he signed an agreement with Panama to hand over the canals. And it wasn't immediate, but uh, it did take place December 1999. So as of December 1999, the canal is no longer an American territory. It is owned, operated, and managed by the uh, Panamanian people. Um, I got kind of mixed feelings on that. United States put a lot of time and effort into building that. We should still have a... a Stake in it.
2: I think we should get a discounted rate, but that's just me personally.
0: Oh, that's we didn't talk about how much it costs to go through there. Let's finish this and then talk about how much it costs for a ship to go through there.
2: But you know what it 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 is an it is important to the uh, economy of Panama. Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: So the Madden Dam, uh, it goes across the
2: Tigris
0: Tigris Tigris River. Uh, and that facilitates one of the two lakes that uh, they use the water to operate the canal. It is also like all the the dams that were put, there were hydroelectric stations, and they use that to operate the locks and the equipment of the canal. Uh, this particular one, I have a picture of it right here, um, produces enough energy to power half of Panama City, which is freaking huge, if needed. So that's like. Gives the electric to 1.5 million people if their power should fail, uh, as well as still maintaining power for the the Atlantic side locks. It's uh, this lake is not part of the travel route for the canal. It stores one third of the canal's annual freshwater requirements for the operation of the locks. It also supplies Panama City with fresh water. So
2: and we did we did drink the water there.
0: Well yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean we've been places where they tell you not to.
0: They actually told us not to drink the water in a hotel room but you could drink it in the restaurants because the restaurants were filtered but the in Mexico they said you could brush your teeth and and shower with the water but don't drink it.
2: But we did in Panama.
0: Yeah. Um so uh, a couple things here. There, there is a little bit of dark history and, and a black eye for America on, on some of this. Um, I don't know, none of the research that I saw specifically said who was responsible for the killing of these seven students. Um, whether it was Zonian police or military, um, the story that is told down there is that these students went to raise this flag they raised it a soldier came and took it down the students began throwing stuff at him and the soldier opened fire on the students
2: well and but if that's
0: the way they remember it that's the way they're going to view america
2: right and and so if if the zonians are an extension of the us and an extension of the us government i can't argue if they say it was military personnel. They don't distinguish between the canal police and the military. True. And maybe there wasn't a distinction. I don't know. I wasn't alive in nineteen sixty. I know,
0: I know driving through that area with both of the people we drove through, three people we drove through that area with, um, all those buildings are very indicative of military base. Oh, it military looks like bases. the Gap. Yes.
2: It absolutely looks. It's like a huge, towns, yeah. huge
0: area, and all those buildings now are controlled by civilian agencies or they have uh, offices. businesses offices. And I think everybody gets out of work at the same time.
2: Well, and I think as 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 uh, Americans, um, I think we should take pride in that for the Panamanian people. That's you know free market. That's what we're all about, right? Yeah. Good for them.
0: So also at the canal, and they used to use mules, but now they use the trains to, the trains don't pull the ships. I always thought the trains pulled the ships through the canal. That's not the case. All those trains do is maintain the position of the ship from left to right.
2: To keep it from smacking the sides.
0: The ship goes through in its own power. And I have part of my video or I think, yeah, part of a video of the ship pulling out of the lock and you could see the screws turning. You could see the water churning behind it. It's not being pulled by the trains.
2: But those little trains are cool.
0: Yeah, they are. And they come up the little steep hills, like from one level to the next. It's like a steep hill that comes up. And uh, it takes very precise operation of those trains to maintain the right tension so that does not pull that ship one way or the other. Which I, I thought was, like, that was part of the thing that I thought was so uh, engineering savvy. Like, it was so cool. I, I'm geeking out on the engineering of the canal, which I didn't think I'd do. But when I saw it, it was just, it was amazing. If you ever get the chance to visit, I would do it.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, if you get a chance to go to Panama, I would do that get a chance to go to Costa Rica, I would do that. And you might not get a chance to stand on the side of an active volcano like we did.
2: In Nicaragua.
0: In Nicaragua, because that trip's not no longer available. Uh anyway, that that's the history of the Panama. And it's this this is the abridged light version of history for the Panama Canal. Because there was a lot more stuff that Morgan Freeman. Told us when we oh, talked yeah. when we talk to him.
2: And if we go when we go back and and visit, because I will visit the um, the uh, indigenous community. I'll share that as well.
0: Yeah, I want to do. There was there was a treetop tour where they you're in a little, almost like amusement park, like cable ride going over top of the park, but you go from station to station through the jungle, and. I want to see a fucking monkey. You're not going to see a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we took on the Panama Canal and we took on a trip to Panama Mm. and we had a great time doing it. You go take on the world and visit Panama if you get a chance. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeditionnetwork.com Hold on to that. <laughs> Welcome back
1: to the shit show 2.0.
2: Okay, boomer.
1: Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flippers who,
0: who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife?
2: Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. (laughs)